Hey, science nerds. Welcome to Beyond the Abstract, a podcast where we discuss the coolest, cutting-edge, basic science research papers in a way that just about anyone can understand. Welcome. <laughs> I'm super excited about today's paper because it was written by Drumroll. Yours truly. I have to say this is my favorite first author of all the papers we covered. <laughs> it better be. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about a project that I worked on while I was at the NIH, which you probably know someone else who works there. Anthony Fauci. Oh, honey, I know him. Yeah, we were actually really close friends. I don't know if I've shared this story on the pod before, but there's a tiny shitty gym at the NIH that I used to go to, and none other than Anthony Fauci worked out there occasionally, and he ran on that treadmill faster than I could, and I'm probably how like 60 years younger than him. Okay, but what does he bench? <laughs> I spotted him. Wow, I feel like that's like a celebrity sighting. I know, he's definitely the most famous person I've seen. It's pretty cool. But he always ran with like a stack of papers on his treadmill. And I'm out here running like a mile and a half, like dying, like watching Real Housewives on my phone. Wow, iconic. (laughs) It is. Look, I didn't even know the NIH had a gym. (laughs) You're getting those thumb workouts in lab, it's fine. As you guys might remember, Ellen and I both worked at the NIH before starting our MD-PhD program here at Penn, and it was a blast, honestly. Yeah. I liked it. I loved it. What was your favorite thing about the NIH? Um, I just really appreciated how on one campus you brought together science and medicine. All right, but... <laughs> no, but for real, it was my first time working full-time for longer than a summer, on a project and I think that's the best way to really get involved in science rather than trying to like figure out your projects in between class periods and it definitely like solidified my choice that I wanted to do training and a career in research full-time. Yeah and also the cafe in building 10 made the best lattes ever. Oh yes they had huge muffins which were like my special treat muffins but then that becomes like your everyday muffin when it becomes breakfast lunch and dinner and that's why anthony fauci ran more on the treadmill than me i was slowed down by the muffins so the paper that we're talking about today is titled mutations in non-muscle myosin 2a disrupt the actomyosin cytoskeleton in sertoli cells and cause male infertility And it was published in Developmental Biology in November 2020 by the Adelstein Group at the NIH, which I was a member of this lab. And first author, let's not forget. You know, I had a blast in the Adelstein lab and met a lot of great people. Shout out to Mosin, who was the postdoc that came after me, who also worked on this project. The main thing that we're addressing in this paper is infertility, which is the inability for a male and female to achieve pregnancy and produce offspring, there's a lot of different causes for infertility. I think for a lot of different reasons, misogyny and sexism being one of them, a lot of the times infertility is thought to be a woman's problem, but that's definitely not the case. It's really only attributed to women about a third of a time. 
Another third of the time, it's actually male factors that contribute to infertility. And a third of the time, we just don't even know what the cause is, or it's a combination of both. In men, the issue usually has to do with testes or testicles. And this is because sperm are produced in the testes. So when you have problems with sperm production, you can be infertile. There are these special cells in the testes called Sertoli cells. That's actually a great drag name, Sir Tolly. That is so cute. Please welcome to the stage, Sir Tolly. That's your destiny. <laughs> when I quit med school and do drag, that's going to be my name. I mean, there could be some awesome costume. <laughs> so Sir Tolly cells are kind of known as the support cells in the testes. And this is because they house sperm as they develop. So as you can imagine... Defects in Sertoli cells can result in defects in sperm, and that's what causes infertility. Something that we specialize in the Adelstein lab is this protein called myosin. Myosins are an important group of proteins. They help move things around in the cell, and they're part of the cytoskeleton, something that we've talked about on the pod before. And some people call myosin the muscle of the cell, and that's where it gets its name. Myo means muscle. There are a lot of different types of myosin, and they can mix and match in order to diversify their function, and our lab specializes in myosin 2. Mutations in myosin 2 have previously been known to cause diseases in humans, and this is something that we can talk about later. But remember, mutations in certain genes can cause pretty devastating disease because they cause a protein to be only partly functional or sometimes non-functional at all. Again, in diseases like beta thalassemia, cystic fibrosis, we know this to be the case. So as I read your paper, I noticed that you guys observed that in male mice with a mutation myosin 2, they had problems with fertility, but female mice were completely fine with mutations in myosin 2. So something really interesting we noted pretty early on was that male mice with a mutation in myosin 2 never gave offspring, but females did. Most of the time, mutations that cause certain diseases affect both male and females, and sometimes diseases that only cause one are known to be X-linked, but we know that myosin 2 is not a gene on the X chromosome. So what could be causing these differences in fertility? Well, we know One of the big differences between male and female mice are the reproductive organs. Male mice have testes, so that's what we decided to look at. We looked at their testes, and we found their testes were actually way, way smaller than normal male mice. And this was especially interesting because, remember, the mice in in these mice are present. It's just abnormal. A lot of the time when genes are absent is what causes defects, but that's not really the case here. The protein is there, it's just like mutated. Yeah, and these are pretty drastic differences, right? Like this you could see by eye, the difference in the size. Yeah, the difference was really big. Like just by eye, we were like, whoa, that's teeny tiny. (laughs) Words you never want to (laughs) hear. We saw that the testes were way smaller, so we decided to actually look more microscopically using my favorite method, immunofluorescence. We need air horns when you say that. <laughs> beow, 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 beow. <laughs> so using immunofluorescence, we can look at the specific structure of certain cells in the testes. 
we decide to look at the Sertoli cells. Normally, the Sertoli cells have a very characteristic shape. They're very columnar, they're very straight, and this is again because they functionally need to support the sperm as they're maturing. What we saw in these mutant male mice that were infertile, the Sertoli cells were all messed up. They looked all wonky, some were really short, and just not at all normal. As a result, we saw the sperm were just not able to grow properly, and a lot of them were actually just dying. Tragic. Super tragic. Romeo and Juliet level tragedy. <laughs> we want to look at Sertoli cells by themselves. When you're looking at the cytoskeleton, the best way to do this is to look at the cells in a dish, because this way you can really get an up-close and personal look at them. And I'm talking about like magnification times like 400 or 500. When we isolated the Sertoli cells and put them on a dish and looked at the cytoskeleton, they looked really, really weird. Again, Sertoli cells are highly, highly structured because they play such an important role in supporting sperm. And when we looked at them in a dish, the mutant Sertoli cells had just a ton of protrusions and essentially the whole cytoskeleton was deformed. The best way I can describe them is basically like a spider. That was my thought when I was reading the paper. It really does look like that. So the myosin is there, but it's mutated. So what's wrong with it? Is it causing a defect? Is it just non-functional? The best way to actually study this is to delete the gene entirely. You can actually do this specifically in Sertoli cells, which is what we did. And the weirdest thing was when we deleted that one form of myosin, these mice are actually normal. When you got that result, were you like, what the hell? I was honestly shocked because this is usually what happens. Like there's a mutation in a gene. It causes a mutated form of the protein and that protein just doesn't work. So if you delete the gene entirely, you should essentially get the same result. So this was really shocking to us. We were like, oh my gosh, we deleted the gene and it didn't do anything. Yeah. And you might remember from what I said before that different types of myosin can mix and match. What we decided to do was delete not only one type of myosin, but another type of myosin that mixes a lot with the first type of myosin. It was only when we deleted both genes that we saw the mice were infertile. This suggested that not only was the mutation causing a defect in the protein, it was actually affecting other normal proteins. It's kind of like one bad apple spoils the bunch. Because it sounds like in the case where you deleted the one form, the other form could kind of compensate for the deleted form. Exactly. But when you mix in the mutation, then that's going to mess up the whole batch. So as I mentioned before, mutations in myosin 2 actually cause diseases in humans. And this disease is called MYH9-related disease. This is because MYH9 is the gene for myosin 2. And these patients have a ton of problems. They have eye problems problems with blood clotting, kidney problems, hearing problems, and even though they have all these pretty severe issues, we really don't know a lot about how this disease works. There haven't been any reports for fertility problems, but again, we know that fertility problems are probably only present in half these patients, in the male patients, and it might just be something that's underreported because a lot of the time they just attribute fertility problems to other things. And this disease is an autosomal dominant disease, meaning you only need one bad copy 
of myosin 2 to have this disease. Why is it so? You have one bad copy, you have another good copy, that should be fine. But again, we know that these myosins mix and match. So if we go by this one bad apple spoils the bunch idea, then maybe that one bad copy is enough to cause a lot of defects. Our paper is the first time that we show this through mouse genetics, that deleting two different genes has the equivalent effect of a mutation in one single gene. Yeah, and I think it's really cool that your mouse genetic experiments were powerful and showed the same inheritance pattern as what is seen in humans. It was a fun project to work on. Yeah, I'm happy that it culminated in this final publication because I know that you're working hard on it even after leaving the NIH, which can be hard working remotely on it. Aw, thanks. And people should check it out if you're interested in mouse genetics because I think it has a lot of cool experiments that are sort of good introductory experiments to the field of mouse genetics, which can be kind of hard to follow, but I think you laid it out really well. And also some really cool imaging. Love me some imaging. (laughs) Ellen, I think you also worked on a paper after leaving the NIH too, right? Yeah, it's always hard tying up loose ends and then trying to get final experiments done or even getting final data from your previous lab. You'll get reviewer comments and they'll want more experiments done and you're like, okay, well, I'm not even like physically there. How am I supposed to do this? Yeah. I'm happy that we were able to do this even during a pandemic, get it published. Major accomplishment. All right. So thanks for listening today. We'll see you next time. See ya.